Man, guys, we got to dive right in today because today we are kicking off a new series, and we have, it's called God's Plan, and we have so much to cover. We, we, just, we just cannot wait. But I'm going to welcome you again. If I missed you the first time, welcome to VCC. So excited to have you here today. So excited. You, you chose a perfect day to come here. Okay. Stand with me. I know you just sat, but stand with me one more time. We're going to pray our prayer of 2019 together today. Just repeat after me. Awesome God, give me eyes to see, give me ears to hear, give me a heart to receive all of the good things that you have already prepared for me. Amen. Have a seat. Have a seat. So we are kicking off a new series today called God's Plan. And like all of October, we talked about generosity. All of November, we're going to be talking about prosperity. And if I were to title today's message, it would be this, the purpose of prosperity. And we're going to look at Jeremiah 29, 11 first. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. So if I read that slowly, I would still read the same words, but I'm going to read it slowly again. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope in a future. Did you know that there is an anti-prosperity spirit and attitude in the church today? And that's funny because most of the people who carry that type of a spirit, and that might be you right now. You might be like, oh, he's offending me because he's talking about me. It's okay. You'll be all right for the next hour, I promise. Um, oh, by the way, it's fallback Sunday, so I get an extra hour to preach. <laughs> awesome. Hope you brought lunch. Anyways, um, moving on. Ah, uh, sort of, but I didn't forget what I was doing. Okay, so most of the people who have that attitude, though, it's funny to me because they have a desire to prosper. Yeah, I've been in full-time ministry. This church is seven years old, but I've been in full-time ministry since 2009. I say full-time ministry since 2009, and not one time has anyone ever, ever shot me a Facebook message, caught me after church, or, or sent me a text or gave me a call, and it says, I want less of God. Not one time has anyone said, you know, I want to stay in poverty. Not one time has anyone ever said to me, could your next sermon be just a four-point sermon on how to poverty? Never. Can you believe that? Yet there's this big anti-prosperity thing. And when you start preaching a prosperity message, or you even plan to start talking about the word prosperity in church, you get labeled this nasty thing. You get, you get labeled this thing called a prosperity preacher, or you're preaching a prosperity gospel, which I think is hilarious, too, because what is the opposite of that? A poverty gospel? If you ever walk into a place and they are literally preaching a poverty gospel, like, walk out. Okay, don't, don't pass go, don't class two, just, just get out the door, because that is the wrong place to be, because when I read my Bible, Jesus says, I know the plans I have for you. So there's a few reasons, though, why this attitude is so prevalent. One is people don't know the scriptures. I said at the beginning, there is a, the world needs smarter Christians, okay? Two, people have heard some extreme teaching, and that's caused them to react, and they've experienced negative things. People need happier Christians. 
okay? Three, people have been raised on traditions of men and not the word of God. People need more relevant Christians. The world needs more relevant Christians. There is nothing more relevant in this world than the gospel. Romans 10, 17 says this, that faith comes by hearing God's word. And faith for prosperity, guys, comes by hearing teaching on prosperity. And we need to know what the scripture says about this. So what is, what is prosperity? Okay, let's, let's, let's do this real quick. So every year, um, there's a list, and maybe you've read this list. I, li- I read this list every year. It's just interesting to me. But it's 500 people. It's the Forbes 500. Anybody familiar with that list? Okay, like two people, three people. Awesome. You need to read this list because it's really interesting, okay? And it lists the richest people in the world. Currently topping that list is Jeff Bezos. Who knows who he is? I may have said his name wrong. Okay, he's the founder of Amazon. Any guesses on, like, what his net worth is? Anything. Nothing? Nobody wants to shout it out? Opportunity to talk in church. Let's go. $31 billion? Oh, we were real close here. $131 billion is his net worth. Dude could, like, drop $1,000, and it's not worth his time to turn around and pick it up. His seconds in his life are worth more than that. And in fact, if you look at this list, the top 100 richest people are all multi-billionaires. To just crack into the 100, you have to have a net worth of $13.2 billion. That's, that's like the three-comma club. Like, that's a lot. And so I, I'm looking at this. And I'm looking at money and material abundance. I have to ask, is this God's idea of prosperity? Is that what he's think, Is that what he's talking about? So let's look at this. So the Greek word for prosperity actually means this, to be led along a good road. When the Bible talks about those things, it's talking about being led along a good road. And I love this definition because it doesn't emphasize the accumulation of money or things, but an absolute way of living. It's not just one thing. Okay, secret time. Money isn't prosperity. Okay? Money is the byproduct of prosperity. When you are on a good road and you have that way of living, money just happens to you. So many Christians fall into this trap of measuring prosperity by the number of things they have accumulated instead of the life that they live every single day. It's not about things, it's about quality of life. And a prosperous person is a person who is simply relying on God as their source for everything. The Bible talks about you, you, can't, you, know, you can't serve both God and, and mammon. It says you can't, you can't depend on, you can't rely on both those things. But mammon is more than money. Mammon in the Bible is, is described as this. It's the voice behind money. Money itself, like if I had a $100 bill right here, I should have got one, didn't even think about it, but it would have been a great illustration. It's not going to say anything to you. It's not going to tell you what to do. Money is amoral. It has no goals. It has no ambitions, no principles of its own. It is what it is. And so having money or not having money doesn't change who you are or who you already are. I say it this way. Money is a magnifier. 
When you earn more money, it just makes you more of what you already are. When you accumulate more things, it just makes you more of what you already are. So if you're a generous person and suddenly you get wealthy, you're going to be a wealthy, generous person. But if you're a stingy jerk person and you suddenly get more money, you're going to be a stingy jerk, wealthy person. It's simple. And you don't have to, like, believe me. Like, that principle is not something I came up with. That's a Dave Ramsey principle. That dude talks to more millionaires and billionaires than anybody else. That's his principle. He knows. Okay. Isaiah 48, 17. says, this is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. He says, I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. So if we're talking about prosperity as being on a good road, then we have to be looking at the one who can teach us the way to go. So God's plan is to lead us along a good road that will prosper us in every area of our lives, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and materially. And if you're not buying into this list yet, let's look at these three prosperity promises real quick in Scripture. Psalm 36, 7 through 9. How precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. You feed them from the abundance of your house letting them drink from the river of delights, for you are the fountain of life. That's what we all live. The light by which we see. So I don't think that abundance, by God's definition or abundance in God's house, is limited to just spiritual prosperity or physical prosperity. Because when I read the Bible, I see that there, there's no lack in heaven. He has everything. He, he uses gold to pave his streets. There's more to it than this. And this scripture says that all humanity finds shelter, that he feeds from abundance of his house, and that he's a fountain of life. Let's look at another p- verse real quick. Psalm 92, 12 through 15. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in their old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming, the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. This is talking about an abundance of health that that doesn't just last a short time, but it says it lasts into our old age. You can be healthy. The game's not over. And age is relative in the kingdom of God. Jeremiah 33, 6. Nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it. I will heal my people, and I will let them enjoy abundant peace and security. Abundant peace and security. This is like a joint promise. He's saying physical health and emotional well-being. I'm going to provide those things. And so probably the best way to answer the question, what is prosperity, is to go back to the beginning and look at Genesis 1. And look at God's purpose in creating us and his original commission to us. And we were created in the image of God. And so prosperity is really anything and everything contained within that image. And I think God's commission to us describes it beautifully in verse 28. He tells us to prosper and have abundance, be in health and increase in number, have authority and dominion on the earth and to power and power over all of our adversaries. That's his description right there. So what is prosperity? It's health. It's increase. It's walking in authority. It's having dominion. And dominion is like a $10 word, so I'm going to break that one down for a minute. It, it, that's sovereignty. That's control. That's supremacy. That's dominance. 
And then five is power. Health, increase, walk in authority, have dominion and power. And so God looks at prosperity as this all-encompassing thing. This all-encompassing thing, and we don't. We don't. We look at prosperity promises and interpret them as relating only to spiritual issues. I want to prosper spiritually. And that's, 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 that's how we focus. And I think we do that because we've lived so long in a world that has distorted the image of ourselves and our God that we start to ex- accept his, the world's limitations and start to put that on God's plans. And we put constraints on what he can do. So we accept fragments of prosperity and fragments of the gospel, but total abundance is what the gospel is promising in every area. So a fragmented gospel equals a fragmented life. So we need to remember that God's original intention and purpose for us hasn't changed. I'm going to say that again. His original intention, intention and purpose hasn't changed. And in his gift of redemption to us through Christ, he's offering us the opportunity to restore everything that we have lost in our disobedience and in disobediences prior to us in prior generations. So this means prosperity in every area of our life. So during this teaching, that's that's intro. Oh, we're good. Hey, you started yet. So during this teaching, we're going to focus on financial and material prosperity. Not because it's the most important, but because it's the most misunderstood. Not because it's the most important, because it's the least accepted area of prosperity in the church and really in the world. So why God's plan? Why, why call it God's plan? Well, because God has a plan for you and your money. God has a plan for you and your things. And you need to know that plan. You do. I got called one time by someone, and they said, they said, you know what? God told me that you guys needed to sow $1,000. And I said, that's funny. God didn't tell me that. You need to know your plan for your, or God's plan for your money. Or you can easily, easily, easily be deceived. You need to know. That way when someone says, I think God's telling you to do this, you can say, I don't think he is. I think he's told me something very specifically. So why God's plan? Well, let's look at some statistics real quick. I love statistics. You know this. So statistically, money is the biggest source of stress in the United States. That's followed closely by personal relationships and work. I wonder if money didn't stress us out so much, if our relationships would be better and we would enjoy our work more. I don't know. Maybe. But at the end of 2018... Consumer credit card debt in the U.S. was more than, get this, $1 trillion for the first time in history. We talked about the three-comma club. That is four. That is a one followed by 12 zeros and four commas. That is a lot of money or a lot of no money. That's a lot of debt. Statistically, One in four Americans has less than $1 in savings for emergencies. Okay, that's because we're all paying 24.99% interest on our $1 trillion in credit card debt. Studies show that people won't go to the doctor because they don't have the means. So they stay in unhealthy situations. They stay sick. 
financial stress is one of the leading causes of depression, anxiety, and sleeplessness in the United States. Monetary stress has been linked to chronic migraines, ulcers, digestive issues, high blood pressure issues, and heart attacks. Guys, we got to know God's plan for our money. And I absolutely refuse to believe that God's plan is for us to be stressed all the time and have lack all the time. Like, I just don't see it. So we got to know God's plan. And when I read my Bible, it says that his plan is for us to prosper, to be on a good road, to be led according to his ways. And so if we aren't handling our finances in line with God's plan, then our whole life will be out of order. So we need to stop grieving and start receiving. Say that. Stop grieving. Oh, y'all are sleeping. Stop grieving. Start receiving everything he desires to bestow upon us. And for this to happen, you can stop repeating now. We need two things. We need a shift in our thoughts about prosperity and a revelation of God's plan for our prosperity. So let's quickly look at these two things. A shift in thoughts about our prosperity. Okay. God really wants us. He really, 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 really wants us, wants you to prosper materially. Okay. Do you believe that? Because that's, that's where it starts. That's where it starts right there. So in order for you to start prospering, you must let go of any distorted um, self-image by gaining a clearer insight into who you truly are in Christ. Okay. Ephesians 1, 18 through 19. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparable great power for us who believe. And Jesus was opening our eyes even further when he said in Matthew 14, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. He was saying we could have heaven on earth. That's the way we have to, like, we can have heaven on earth. It's here. In fact, when he was teaching his disciples how to pray, he said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I love that song we sang first. It's like, I'm touching heaven because it's here. It's here. It's now. So we can say, I want it on second and oak as it is in heaven. That's this address if you didn't know. We're in the corner. Okay. I could say, I want it on Calaveras Street, that's where I live, as it is in heaven. What's your address, Josh? I want it on Montgomery Street, as it is in heaven. Jonathan, what's your address? Echo Street? Depot, I knew that. Depot Street. I want it on Depot Street, as it is in heaven. Okay, and so on and so forth. I could go through everybody, but you do it on your own, okay? So, since there's no financial shortage in heaven, there shouldn't be any financial shortage here. I've heard hundreds of speakers preach on earth as it is in heaven and talking about healing. I've heard it preached on earth as in heaven and talking about peace. But for some reason, we have failed to teach on earth as it is in heaven when we talk about possessions. But in order to experience this, guys, get this, we must first repent. And you're like, ah, I knew it. I knew there was a catch. There's the but. There it is right there. 
And that should really surprise you, but what should surprise you is many times we think of repentance and we think that means, okay, we got to say sorry for our sins. we we got to turn away from, from things. But actually what the word repentance means is this, to change the thinking. In the Bible, when he talks about repentance, it's about changing his. And, and, and then from there, just like how money is a byproduct of prosperity, doing right is a byproduct of a changed mind. I can have a filthy mind and do right things sometimes. But God is focused on changing your thinking so that your, your mind, your heart, and your actions are all in line. So why do we need a shift in our prosperity thinking? Because many in the church have a hard time believing that God is a good God who loves them and that wants them to prosper. Why? Because many in the church have what I'm going to call an orphan spirit or an orphan mentality. They, don't, they feel like they're all on their own. They, they don't have a father. And deep down they don't believe because of that orphan spirit or that orphan mentality that they serve a good, 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 good father. That he is a good, 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 good daddy. So this makes it difficult for them to be able to receive any kind of good things. And, and they need a deep inner transformation. And this inner transformation can only occur as their heart changes and they become more aware of their identity in Christ. Because there is an identity that the world is going to try to give each and every one of us, but we have to find our identity elsewhere. And the gospel screams, you aren't alone. Your heavenly father cares about you and cares about every detail of your life. But the bad news world, the orphan life screams, you're on your own and nobody cares. So let's compare these two identities real quick. Children of God, mentality, identity versus orphans. Okay, secure, there we go, versus insecure. Pay attention to these. Trusting versus mistrustful. Relationship-oriented versus performance-oriented. I'm going to pause there. My God loves me because he does not because of the way I perform. That, will, that, that performance mentality will destroy you because you're not going to be good enough alone. But with him, we can be good. We are the righteousness of Christ. Relationship versus performance. Transparent versus ashamed. There is no shame in Christ. None. He knows it anyway. I don't have to hide anything from him. I don't have to be ashamed. Self-accepting versus self-rejecting. God-centered versus self-centered. Someone who practices dominion, like I, I, this is my place. I, I am sovereign over this place. I, I walk in authority. Or someone who practices manipulation. Faith-based versus fear-based, someone who works creatively or, or toils in bondage, someone who lives with purpose and identity and purpose and destiny, and someone who lives with conflicting passions, can't, can't decide, getting blown this way and blown that way and, and doesn't even know what's really going on. They're passionate one second about this, but passionate this second about this, and so they live constantly unhappy. Having a sense of belonging versus a sense of alienation, 
blessed-minded versus cursed-minded, a contributor versus a consumer, a giver versus a taker. And so I wanted you to see all these things. I wanted you to process these because I want to ask you, which category do you fall into? An orphan mentality or a child of God mentality? Or maybe you say, I'll take a little of this, a little of that. I'll let the Skittles fall where they may, and we just live life. I would encourage you, obviously, that you need to recognize your identity as a child of God. And the first step is to hear God's truth. God's words are true. God's words express his unchanging intentions for us. God's words contain no hidden agenda. And God's words always accomplish their purpose. The Bible says that they do not return void. Whatever his word is, it's going to accomplish whatever purpose he gave to it. So a few verses real quick on financial prosperity, and let's see what God is saying to us. Okay, we're going to move quick. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So God loves us so much that his desire is to prosper us and give us a hope and a future. And a hope, what hope is, hope is the confident anticipation of good in every area of our lives. And, and I love this passage because God told this passage to the Israelites while they were in captivity. Um, they were in exile with the Babylonians. Why? Because they were being disobedient. Because they weren't doing the right things. And even in the middle of discipline and correction, God says, I'm going to offer you some hope and I'm going to communicate my heart is to prosper you, not to harm you. And since God never changes, that applies to me, and that applies to you, and that applies to my house, and that applies to your house. Deuteronomy 28, 11, The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock, and the crops of your ground, and the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. So when God's speaking of fruit of the womb, He's speaking of livestock. He's speaking of crops. He's speaking of prospering, financial prosperity. Proverbs 11.10, when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. When the wicked perish, there are shouts of joy. Why do people rejoice when the righteous prosper? Why? Well, because they're righteous. They're in God. God's in them. They're right with God. God's right with them. And they have faith in Christ, and so they're generous in their prosperity to the poor and the needy. They're Christ-like givers who know that God has blessed them to be a blessing. He's healed them to help, and he saved them to serve. Say that, I'm healed to help. I'll see you still sleeping. Got to wake up. Say one more time. I'm healed to help. I'm saved to serve. Good. I'll say it till you believe it. I'm healed to help. I'm saved to serve. One more time, I'm healed to help, I'm saved to serve. Psalm 35, 27, let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause and let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Oh, he takes pleasure in it. So God takes pleasure when I prosper, just like I want my girls to prosper. I've never said, man, I hope y'all just grow up and be losers. That, that's my hope for you, just that you're going to stink at life. That life's going to give you so much, and you just cannot handle it, so you just curl up in a ball, lay in the corner, and sweat it out. 
No. I want my kids to prosper. How much more does God want us to prosper? And I know, I know, I know, I know. Let's keep going. I've got to convince you more. So, if you're struggling with this idea, let's, let's look at a couple more verses here. Deuteronomy 8.18. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. So here God's saying, you're going to have supernatural ability not just to acquire things, but to produce things. Okay? And not only that, you are going to be able to adapt and to prosper no matter in the midst of recession or hyperinflation or whatever else the world can throw at us. We can't mess with what's happening at Wall Street, but we can focus on our street and we can do okay, okay? Okay, okay, okay. I am so lost. Thank you. Bless you. Not a clue. Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. So remember, being, being prosperous is about relying on God as your source. And here's the truth. There are people who prosper without trusting God. But it usually destroys their life. They have hardship. They have stress. They have marital problems, so on and so forth and so on and so forth. They might be rich, but it costs them absolutely everything. And this verse is saying that if you prosper God's way, if you do things God's way, God's way, the blessing of the Lord will bring wealth without painful toil for it. It's saying that money is going to be a blessing to your life, not a curse to your life. And money, because you realize this, that money is simply a tool that I can use to accomplish God's purposes. So it's not a more money, more problem type thing. Yeah, y'all know that. It's like the opposite of whatever that is. That's the best I can do. Okay. So let's go. Let's look at this. Remember, what are the two things I said we have to have? We have to have a shift in our thoughts about prosperity. And two, we have to have a revelation of God's plan for our prosperity. A revelation. So our prosperity has three major purposes. Our prosperity glorifies Father God, if I could have the worship team make their way up. Our prosperity has three major purposes. Our prosperity glorifies our Father God. John 10.10, 10, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full abundantly. 1 Timothy 6.17, command those who are rich in the present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Ecclesiastes 5.19, and it is a good thing to receive wealth from God and this and the good health to enjoy it, to enjoy your work and accept your lot in life. This is indeed a gift from God. So our prosperity glorifies Father God. Two, our prosperity builds character for reigning. 1 Timothy 5.8, but those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. Proverbs 13.22, a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. So two, it, a prosperity in our life builds character for reigning. Three, our prosperity enables us to advance God's kingdom. James 18.36, we hear that his kingdom is from another place. And in Matthew 6.10, it says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. Stand with me today. I want to speak some things over you, and we're going to end in a time of praise. I really, really, really believe that God's purpose for your life is to prosper. In fact, many, 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 many years ago, there was a lady, and I don't know her name, and I don't have the letter, but she wrote me and Jesse a letter at youth camp. And it was just a leader that was at youth camp, and she gave it to us. And at the very top of both letters was that verse. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And I have stood on that verse year after year, day after day, minute after minute. And I have believed for my entire life that he wanted to prosper me. But there were those times that I just, even though I believed it, I forgot. You ever forget and you need to be reminded? Well, that's what I'm going to try to do today. Is we're, I'm going to declare and pray over you today as a church some, some revelation from God. So that we would not be so quick to forget his plans and his purposes for us. Then we're going to end in a time of praise. And we're going to touch heaven, and we're going to walk out, and we're going to operate in dominion, in health, and it's going to be the best week you've ever had. Let's pray. Father, we th you don't have to repeat after me. I'm sorry. It's going to be too long. We'll be here till Tuesday. Okay. Father, we thank you that you desire to lead us along a good road that will prosper us in every area of our life. Although Jesus was infinitely prosperous, he impoverished himself for our sake so that by his poverty we may become prosperous beyond measure. We are prospering in our minds, in our bodies, in our spirits, and in our finances. Whatever we do, whatever we touch, whatever's in our circle of influence, whatever we're involved in, prospers. Father, we confess and we declare that we walk in your favor. You delight in our success and our prosperity with you all things are possible we walk every day expecting your favor and your success to be upon us your we are blessed coming in blessed going out we're the head and not the tail we are above and not beneath we thank you father that jesus has redeemed us from the curse of lack poverty and want and we are blessed because of him we confess and declare this morning that we are blessed we are blessed, we are blessed, and it's by our prosperity that enables us to grow and advance individuals and families as we declare and demonstrate your gospel to everyone, every day, everywhere. And we lift your name and we praise you this morning. And everyone said, amen. Let it be so. Lead us, team. Here's now.
touching heaven. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. So it's our it's it's our prosperity that enables us to play a part in changing this world. Have a seat real quick. We're gonna close. If I could have my ushers make their way up, I, I genuinely 110% believe what we're talking about this month. In fact, there's not, there's not very many months that I'm just talking and I don't believe what I'm saying. But, but I want to stress that I really believe what I'm talking about. You are blessed. We are blessed. When we follow Jesus, he leads us on a good road. But we have to change this. The way that we think. I'm going to pray real quick in just a moment, but guys, we have so much coming up in the next two months in our church, and I know that you do in your personal life. Work on this. Work on this. Renew that mind. Renew that mind. And begin to think prosperous thoughts. When a thought opposite of that tries to work its way in, Jesse says, take it and toss it. She says, pull it out like you would like a movie reel. Just rip that sucker out and toss it away. Take that thought, get rid of it, and replace it with a prosperous thought. If I'm about to pray over our tithe and our offering, if you're a first or second time guest with us today, welcome to VCC. Please fill out a connect card. We want to connect with you. And even if you don't want us to connect with you, please fill one out because every connect card that's filled out Venture Community Church makes a donation to Grand Backpack Buddies, and we purchased a bag to be sent home with a child over the weekend. So to do that, if you have something you want us to be praying with you about in this month, maybe you're struggling with this teaching. Maybe you're like, I, I, I feel like I want to believe what you're saying, but I'm not there yet, Curtis. Guys, put that down. I want to link arm and arm with you, especially this month as we dive into the holidays. If you feel like you want to give and you want to partner with VCC Financial and what we're doing here in Graham, in this county, and around the world, guys, there are a few ways to do that. You can do that on campus. You can do that through the app. You can do it online. And all the instructions are right there on the envelope. We have so much happening. It's very exciting. You're going you're gonna to hear this week. Uh, I'm going to let, let it be a semi-surprise. You're going to hear this week about something big that's, that's happened in our church. And uh, I'm really excited about it. Um, but God's got, I, I, if you don't believe that God has plans to prosper you and not to harm you, you need to, you need to plant a church because that will teach you real quick that he has plans to do some big things. And as long as we stay in him, as long as we stay faithful, he shows up. I want to pray real quick over our tithe and offering. Then I've got a couple of announcements real quick. Father. We thank you for the opportunity to give in your house. We thank you that everything we have, you provide.